We live life with our own prejudices. God saying they is, we say that they isn't. How you living? Ooh, now you listen. Can't see the kingdom with these isms. We live life with our own prejudices. God saying they is, we say that they isn't. How you living? How you living? Yay, yay. What's going on, everybody? You are back with the Cross the Intersection podcast. We are in the building. I'm in here. This is AJ. I'm in here with Eve and Avery. Hey, guys. Sure. So please hit us up all the time on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Across This or on Facebook, Across the Intersection. Um, and hit us up individually. I'm at Divinimus. D-I-V-E-N-O-M-O-U-S. That is on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of the above. You can hit me up. Yeah, hit me up at E to the V to the E on Twitter. Yes, this is Avery, and I can be found on Twitter at a very good idea. So you can come holler at me (laughs) if you choose to, because I'll be on there. I'm on there. I'll be's. I bees on it. Excuse and me, let me code switch. Yes, I, I I tend to find myself on Twitter every now and then, <laughs> and um, making tweets and other feel, things. Feel free to converse. Yes. Um. Yeah. So please, you can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, all of the above. Please, if you're on iTunes, give us a five star rating. We would generally appreciate it. Not generally, we always appreciate <laughs> it. Um. We would genuinely appreciate it. Um, and all the other platforms, just please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Um, we, we try to put out good content. Um, so yeah, here we are. We're back in the building. Um, what's what's going on with you guys? We what you what you got? What's you reading? You watching movies? Watching TV? I have given up refined sugar. Uh. That's what I did this week. Yeah. Refined sugar. Was it like ketones and all that? All I know is that it's hitting the. Dome piece. Why? <laughs> what's bringing? What, what has bringing this? What's bringing this? You didn't I, see a scratching like it be called no, no. <laughs> behavior. On. You know, enlighten it's, us. The reality is, as I always say, the reality. The is. reality is, yes. <laughs> um, at this point, like I don't have and never had any major health issues in my life. I've been extremely blessed in that respect. But something just said to me, before you do. And you know that you consume way too much chocolate and always have and way too much refined sugar. Just, um, you know, make some changes to the diet now before something pops mm-hmm. off. And man, th- this is, th- it's crack, basically. Refined sugar is crack. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that on this, pro- on this podcast. We'll, but we'll bleep that out. My, b- <laughs> my body is rebelling. You know, I, had to, I took this week off the gym, too, because I didn't have any energy. Mm. So it's been, you know, sticking to to actual foods mm. <laughs> has been interesting. It's been an interesting experience and it took it had to, it made me go back in time to when this started and when I was a little kid my parents didn't allow sugar in the house and how I rebelled by eating those penny candies every time I got a chance and it's been going on ever since and now I'm like this is the time to do it instead of getting mad when something happens and then I have to, you know, reverse. So for some reason, I don't know what it is. It's just something that came up, but it's been difficult. But I heard that there's a crescendo and then you'll be okay afterwards. So we'll see. That's how it is, giving up anything. I was just telling you, you know, before we started, I was, we, you know, cut out meat about two, two and a half months ago. And yeah. it was, you know, in, 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 in the beginning, it's always like, yo, you know. <laughs> What's the um, cookie? Uh, Pookie from New Jack City. You always like mm-hmm. Pookie. Yo, Pookie man. Calling you know, me, man. Steaks, steaks and, and brisket and, 
you know, but the you you like it's just crazy how the the body has developed a tolerance for for those things and you know really just craves them, no matter how bad they are. It's like yeah. you know, I just gotta have it. So eating is uh, a form of being one with your environment. You mm-hmm. are what you eat, and uh, you whatever you eat becomes you, and um, there's a synthesis that takes place. So. I think that it is commendable for you and you, you Eva, you AJ, to be able to decide that you are going to eat to live as opposed to living to eat. Yeah, so, but living to eat was that. so enjoyable, though. But <laughs> exactly, and and those two New Englanders named Ben and named Jerry have made things quite difficult. <laughs> You just went. You just st- went straight there, huh? Straight I was eating there. Ben and Jerry's, y'all, Woo. for real. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Jones. It's rough. It's rough. Yeah. And you know, as as you know, our our director of social outreach, you know, my sister, she's a vegan, so she's been on me for years. You need to cut this out. You need to cut that out so you can live. Yeah, right, but yeah. that vegan cheese is horrific. Yeah, that Jones is like eating cardboard. Sorry, sorry, I just gotta put that. Well, out vegan there. food's getting better. I'm. Uh, I would prefer to make this distinction to let everybody know people assume, not presume, people assume that uh, I'm vegan. I'm not vegan. I I call myself a conscious eater. There's a book uh, called In Defense of Food by a writer called Michael Mm Pollan. I recommend people take a look at that. Uh, But, yeah, I'm a conscious eater. I I eat a primarily plant-based diet, but I do have... have, um, um, animal protein, animal flesh on my plate every now and then. Um, I, I, my my view is appreciate the animal. That was a life uh, that gets into a whole spiritual kind of thing. But anyway, so no, you, no, congratulations on no. you too. Because my, you know, I, when I was talking to my doctor about it, and I asked her, I said, you know, she was like, the pro. I just did it to lose a little bit of weight, mm-hmm. but she was really telling me that the thing is to not it's not about not eating meat she was like the problem with the american diet is basically all the processed foods we eat mm-hmm. you know she was like you know 100 years ago people were eating meat and everything else and they lived to be 80 90 100 right she was like because they weren't eating hydrogenated you know what I'm soybean saying? oil soybean or oil she's like that's the problem she's like if you cut out all the processed foods yeah. out of your diet you will that's half the battle right there well, yeah it is half the battle cuz that will when you when you when you start cutting out processed foods or mostly processed foods what happens is you start to shop differently mm-hmm. so you're not necessarily picking up this or picking up that cuz if you go into a place like say for example a convenience store 711 a lot of times, There's 99% of the food that they have there is processed. Anything with a label on it, a lot of times is 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 processed. So you got to pay attention to those kinds of mm, things. It's not a whole food. Yeah, shout yeah. out to 7-Eleven. You could sponsor us anytime. Anytime. <laughs> but no, no, Avery's right. I think you do become more conscious when you shop because it becomes more expensive when you shop. <laughs> Which is a CO conspiracy, by the yeah. way. <laughs> it's going to be more expensive to no eat boom. actual food. It's actually more expensive to process a food than to just, you know, eat a banana which is already wrapped. I don't well, understand. Well, uh, it it it's it's more expensive if it's not subsidized. But if it's subsidized by the government through our taxes, boom. then it becomes cheaper. Hence yeah. a CO conspiracy. I just saw a video not too long ago of a woman who 
whose family is poverty stricken um, and health ridden or health issues ridden, but she continues to have them eat. Um, I think uh, McDonald's hamburgers, a dollar, yeah. uh, and just in her whole whole neighborhood, there's mm-hmm. a lack of fresh food. But she keeps mm-hmm. on going back to that. Mm-hmm. And the person who interviewed her said, um, "Why? Do you see what's going on with your family?" And she says, "It's look, I, it's cheaper to eat this food, it's even a- though these are health issues and serious health issues that will be more expensive in the future. I can only deal with today." Well- Yes, wow. it's the it's the it's the choice between um, bad food or no food. Yep, there it is. And that uh, that 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 hey, when you you know when you're in the bottom bottom rung of society as a community and in every metric in every area, then those are our choices. Yeah, I was uh, listening to a news story about two three weeks ago, and they were talking. For those of you who are listening, you know we are in the Washington D.C. area. And they were talking about um, grocery stores in D.C. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like 100-some, 100, 100, what was the number? 180-some grocery stores in, in the district. And of those 100-some grocery stores, there's only three in Ward 7 and 8. Right, which is uh, the right side of D.C., the yeah. black side of D.C. For those uh, of you that's the east, east side of the, and a little bit of southwest. And a little bit of and southwest. A little bit of yeah. southwest. East of the river, basically. Not just the black side, but the poorest side. The poorest because side. Because there you know, are blacks with means, and they, but they don't live in that area either. They don't live in either. that area. It's very, very, very good point. Very and good so point. Um, they were saying there's two grocery stores in Ward 7 and one in Ward 8. Can you imagine? Yeah. Three grocery stores yeah. serving thousands and thousands of people in the, the east side of northeast, the, all of southeast, and the east side of southwest. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just baffling when I read the story. And I wonder what the condition of the produce there even looks like. Yeah. But that just lends itself to why people in those areas, people with limited means, would then find themselves eating yep. those types of at foods. The store, yeah. At the corner store. At, at the corner store, yeah. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. At the, yeah. So, so anyway. For sure. Uh, the, for what I was doing over the t- course of the time, was I was reading a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading. I've been reading a book called, I've been reading a few books. One book is called The Color of Law. Mm-hmm. And it is a book that documents, it documents uh, segregation, the segregation that took place in uh, in America from the, from, from the Civil War uh, up until uh really now but mostly it talks about how ghettos how ghettos were formed formed yeah formed through, uh-huh yeah through through housing through housing policy that was implemented by the US the US federal government it talks about something called du jour segregation and de facto segregation right de facto segregation um being segregation that um is a result of people self segregating, alleged supposedly. Uh, then there's du uh, jour segregation, which is segregation that's implemented through through law and policy and by the by the government. So yeah. that's good. People should realize that. A lot of people don't realize that yeah. ghettos and quote unquote the hood didn't happen organically. That was something that was created. It's contrived. It's contrived. And if people believe that humans are humans, which everyone claims to believe then when you drive past a certain neighborhood, you just, I mean, do you really assume that somebody wanted to live in an under-resourced neighborhood? It, you know, yeah. who, nobody does that. 
on their own. Well, yeah. And so this is these ghettos that people will drive past and look at the folks and say, what's wrong with them were contrived generations ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I know y'all like, we didn't tune into the cross the intersection for food talk and ghetto talk. What's going on? So as we, you know, we, we're going to, you know, sort of continue this discussion on just some more weighty and substantive topics, um, you know, and not as much current events, but we'll get back to them. We don't know what's going to happen, but um, we want to get on to some more of the heavier, heavier things. So um, for those of you listening, this may get a little heavy again, you know, a la last week. <laughs> I got compliments, though, about last week's yeah. show. So, you know, so, I think people want to hear this kind of stuff. And that's good. So we're going to just continue in this vein. Um, you know, I was listening and reading reading a, a few things this week, you know, that had me had me just to continue to, to ponder some stuff. And I want to talk a little – let's talk a little bit about this phenomenon that I don't – I'm not going to say it's new because I, I know it's not new, but – it is because people are becoming more aware of it and we're seeing it, you know, from music, from music stars and people of, of that ilk where there is a divorcing of a lot of black Christians from white evangelicalism, evangelism. No, uh, is yeah. it evangelicalism? Uh, yeah. I, okay. As I for now. Evangelism, yeah. evangelicalism. Okay. Just, you know, okay. That, whatever that is, however you pronounce it. For all of my English white religious folks, <laughs> there we go. But what what you're seeing is uh, people, you know, becoming more conscious, right? Um, and saying like, "Hey, wait a minute! If they've been saying X, Y, and Z, you know, for years and years and years and years, but doing A, B, and C, the the two are not, you know, reconciling, and now you people are having trouble with it. And so I I think that. When we looked at people and presumed that they were just like leaving the faith, right? And just, oh, they're just done with Christianity. It may not have been the case. It may have been a divorcing of themselves from white evangelicalism. Mm-hmm. And I want to, you know, throw this out there. And I definitely want to, you know, what, what you guys' thoughts are on when it, when it's a, it, well, when it's any stream of thought, but we're going to keep it under the auspices of, religious thought when it's a particular theological way of thinking or a theological tradition right when it comes from majority culture right it's always looked at as more intellectual deeper you know quote unquote closer to god whatever you want to call it right just better <laughs> just better i'm trying to sound intelligent here <laughs> I went to a whole lot of years of school into for these big words. Um, and when you say majority culture, what do you mean by that? The white culture, oh, European. Okay. You, our our culture is Eurocentric. I mean, mm-hmm. we're all sitting here in pants and shirts, and you know, not dashikis or anything else. So we mm-hmm. we we live, we exist in a Eurocentric culture. So any frame of thought, even quote unquote Christian thought, that comes from that persuasion, right? It's always looked at. In a more positive light. And I'm going to give you an example. So the way that people in general, this is not everybody, but in general, if you were to compare and contrast a you know, reformed theology, that school of thought, as opposed to an AME, people would say, people would say certain things about the AME tradition. They would say other things about a reformed tradition, right? One 
was birthed from people who were segregated from mainstream church and had to start their own thing. The other comes from middle, upper, whatever European society. But the, the two are obviously looked at in two different lights. Now, I just want to just, let's bounce around what, you know, why we allow the, the culture to sort of change our, and I say our, in terms of believers' viewpoints for various traditions. Well, the first thing I want to address is what I think the knee-jerk reaction might be and see what you all would like to say in response to that, because I think it's important to get that out of the way first. When you hear someone saying, yes, I'm a Christian, but I'm not for white evangelicalism, I could see, especially considering some of the just things that I consider to be completely ignorant comments that have come across uh, the media in the last couple of weeks, I could see someone in a knee-jerk response saying, you have a problem with white people? Mm-hmm. Wait, so you're so when you say that you are a Christian, but you are divorcing yourself from white evangelicalism, something's wrong with that. It tells me a bunch of things. It tells me that you're against white people. That's, that's a problem there. You're against evangelicalism or evangelism, meaning you're against spreading the gospel. How can you have a problem with white people and have a problem with spreading the gospel? Like, are you serious? Maybe you need to question your Christianity. What would your response to that be? That's a very good question because I've actually heard some prominent Christian leaders say stuff like that. Like, well, maybe they weren't even a believer in the first place. Like, I've I've actually heard that. Um, And I would say that we need to realize that evangelicalism as it is as it exists currently in the 21st century in the western church is not christianity it is a cultural ideology it's a particular cultural ideology that is separate and apart from the authentic sonship of a believer those two are not the same thing and i think they've been used synonymous for too long um And so now you find people who want to walk in their sonship as a believer, but they don't jive with evangelicalism. And so they're divorcing. They don't want to evangelize the the, the lost to Christ? What do you mean they don't jive with evangelicalism? If by winning the lost to Christ, I mean, winning the lost to Christ, you mean joining political parties and, you know, things of that nature, then I don't think so. Um, but if it is actually impacting the culture for the Lord, then yeah, I think that that's the case. And so I think what you have is people divorcing themselves from a particular cultural ideology and it's being looked at as, oh, you're leaving the faith. And I just think that it's just, no, that particular cultural ideology I no longer identify with. Yeah. And that's really important that people understand that you have Christianity, you have the faith of Christ. You have a God who who created laws and commandments and those laws and commandments were broken and he had a remedy for that through Christ and there is a a uh, redemptive history um, related to that in relationship with God. Those are basic things within Christian faith. But then here in the Western Hemisphere you have cultural expressions of that. And the problem is one of those cultural expressions of that, which is white evangelicalism, has called itself one in the same with Christianity. Right. And so that's why those types of questions that I mentioned previously would come up. And so I think it's really important that people realize that there's Christianity from a broad sense, from a universal in the sense of a broader than America sense, and then there are cultural expressions of it, 
And yes, I can understand people having a little bit of trouble because if they've grown up in an environment where society has said Christianity and white evangelicalism is one and the same, and it might not have been said overtly, but it's basically implied, uh, yeah. been implied, then when they rest themselves from white evangelicalism, then the question becomes, who am I? Well, in this area, in this area you get, I, I, think, I, I guess I would like to make a, a delineation of people's um, frameworks. And so in this area, in the Prince George's, in the Prince George's County uh, area of Christianity, you have a lot of people's frameworks. You have a lot of people's frameworks kind of being like uh, either white, white evangelicalism if they are part of institutions that are non-denominational, either, not, either non-denominational or uh, multicultural uh, or just straight up white then those tend to tend to be the experiences that are that are uh stood up by white evangelicalism. Wait, the, so you're talking about here in Prince George's County, yeah, a majority yeah. black county. Well, in the in yeah, in in the DC metropolitan area. Okay. Yes. Uh, but then there's also the other framework and that is the more charismatic framework, which is the black side a thing so to speak the black hand side yeah so and the black side tends to lean tends to tends to lean more um baptist african um, methodist episcopal AM, ame, AME right, absolutely right. uh and then and then protestant i mean not protestant excuse me um pentecostal yeah there you go the p word pentecostal <laughs> yeah i said protestant pentecostal uh, and and which is a, a, a word of faith. If you get into that, though, that tends to be more of like the black side, where that's still connected. Though, when you get to the tippy top of that stuff, is connected to white white evangelicalism, but that's the more charismatic side. So you get a when you go all the way up the chain, you get to the to Kenneth Copeland's and you get to the Jesse Duplantis's and then you get to the the Pat Robertson's, right? So that's that side, which, you know, this black side follows. If you go up the chain, it gets there. But then when you go up the white the white evangelicalism side, that that, that the more non denominational side, you're gonna at some point you're gonna arrive to like John Piper. Basically. And John MacArthur and John MacArthur, yeah, them dudes. Yeah. So so um, you know, you so essentially you got two buckets. You have the Salem Communication Bucket, WAVA, which some people in this area, I mean, if you're not in this area, you probably don't know WAVA. But there's but an iteration it, wherever it, you they, are. Yeah, absolutely. So you have the Salem Communication side, and then you got the TBN side. <laughs> That's weird. Pretty much. So I just kind of wanted to at least honor the frameworks that people are that are people are working with. But you said when both we have of them, this conversation. But you said both of them are um, somehow in the aligned in some way with white evangelicalism. Yeah, yeah, when you go far enough up. Yeah. Okay. Because you're saying that I guess you would the, say that like the Jesse Duplantis and those guys mm, and the John the, MacArthur's are of the same ilk. Is that what no, you're saying? Well, no, well 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 yes in so much as they they are um they're they're evangelical. Yes. But I would say their expression okay. Uh, okay. is no. I would say well they they're definitely the both conservative. It 
The theology is different, yes. The theology is different, yes. But I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, when you follow the paths, you know, it, where, where black people tend to primarily okay. attend church. So culturally, yeah. they, they golf at the same golf course pretty much. Is that, that's the, like, it, it wouldn't be a surprise that in terms of their socioeconomic position, mm. John MacArthur and John Piper and Jesse Duplantis all kind of live in the same space. Yeah, sure. Okay. I, I guess I, I wasn't necessarily saying that. I was just, I guess when you say white evangelicalism, mm-hmm. there might be people who go to a non-denominational, well, either a non-denominational church or somebody who goes to like an AME church or a, spirit, a, 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 a Pentecostal church that don't that doesn't that's listening to this that wouldn't understand what you're talking about when you say white evangelicalism okay. or how okay. what it is that. They they've been practicing or where they go, okay, on, okay. you know, once a week or whatever. Well, that's that's a really and important what they volunteer point. with. Yeah, know, I'm sorry that they. they ch- I was just trying to make the connection. That's mm-hmm. all. No, but you're making an important point because the people that we're talking about who would say I'm a Christian but I'm divorcing myself from white evangelicalism mm-hmm. have probably historically been in those white evangelical spaces. So they've been people yeah. who have yes. listened to Paul Absolutely. Washer. And you know, and 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 R. C. Sproul and those people, which a lot of black people don't know who they are. Yeah, but there is a there is an ilk, and I think that's part of the reason that this podcast exists, which is to uh, that ilk would be um, that there is a large number of black people, myself included or formally included, wherever I am right now. Uh-oh. Uh, they gonna find you. No, who you know who really really testify or testified to. Um, people like Tabidi, Anya Bulile, or, you know, what's the dude down in Texas, or now he lives in Africa. Um, oh, big guy. Yeah. Oh, shoot. <laughs> it's a shame. Vodi Baca. Vodi, yeah. Or, you know, so there are all these names, right, within white evangelicalism, even though the last two I just mentioned are black, um, that have that level of cultural consciousness and tend to align it with Christianity as a whole. Those are the people... Um, I think that uh, who AJ was was just talking about, whereas you're right, there are people who are in the quote unquote black church, the African Methodist Episcopal Church, or even the Pentecostal Church, whether they are run by blacks or whites, who would not be able to identify with white evangelicalism. Good the majority point. black congregation. Yeah, because when yeah. we're talking about white evangelicalism, to, I, and I do hear what you're saying, to clarify, it's more of the cultural yes. church. Not necessarily the biblical Christian church, but in terms of cultural, the religious right, Republican, that ilk of people, whether black or white, but that people who identify with that culturally, you know, because the reason there's a dichotomy, right, is because you'll you'll have Christians who say, okay, I understand where y'all are on gay rights. Okay, I'm with you. Let's 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 preserve the sanctity of marriage. Okay, I'm with you, but you know brothers getting shot in the street by cops and you don't really care. You see what I'm saying? Because culturally, like I you understand because culturally that doesn't affect them. So they don't have as much of a vested interest. But someone who that does impact would have a vested interest because culturally that would impact them. So we because and because the the quote-unquote white evangelical church has been used synonymously with the entire universal church so much when people begin to divorce themselves of the one everyone not everyone a lot of people assume they are divorcing themselves of the other right so where i will say you know someone could say hey listen i don't get down with all of that right-wing uber religious republicanism but i'm still a believer i'm still this that and the third it's almost like an oxymoron. People are like, how can you do, be one without being the other? Exactly. How is it, you know, how, what? You know, 
and that that is happening more and more and more and more and more and so there's a segment of people now that are living in that you know space that no man's land that no man's land and part land. of it is because of the claims of white evangelicalism now there are exceptions Brian Dye for example in Chicago who runs the Legacy Conference deliberately lives in you know inner city Chicago um, and, and plants churches in those dangerous spaces. Uh, and so there's some people who actually do care, even though you know they would be a part of white evangelicalism in general. So there are all kinds of exceptions. However, the problem is that white evangelicalism has painted itself in the corner of the claims that, uh, that have made people now in a position to divorce themselves from it. For example, they've aligned themselves with orthodox, authentic Christianity as if they are one and the same. They've, they've said that we are theologically sound. Uh, they've, they, their, their uh, homiletic uh, culturally is more conservative and more, more, um, uh, more doctrinally heady, uh, which is something that is considered to be superior right. to an emotional, more African-American homiletic or not just emotional, but more demonstrative and more narrative-based. Right. Have you, if you've ever heard someone within the African-American homiletic, a really good preacher, mm-hmm. who, who, would, <clears throat> who would talk about Daniel in the lion's den, it'll take 35 minutes, but it'll be, it'll be great. Well, you know? But anyway, but just kind of you know, speaking what the scripture says, and then, okay, we leave. And so that's, those are the, the people who are just kind of in a spiritual no-man's land when they realize there are huge blind spots when it comes to that, but they're still Christian, but where, where do I go and what do I do? I would, I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying and this whole logic versus um, uh, the illogical or the, the, the <laughs> emotional. <laughs> yeah, logical It's just versus an expression, you know? Emotional. Yeah. And how it's so easy to follow the logic to be like, okay, well then, yeah, well then that makes... That makes sense logically, right? So I will identify with this, or I will identify with that, and I'll say I identify with this white evangelicalism, or Reformed theology, or Calvinism, or whatever. And what I, I find interesting, what I find interesting is that while following logic based off of a set of uh, rules and guidelines that was like given to me by people who want me to follow this particular logic so it's like for example like the language of english which doesn't which 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 is blind in many in many 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 areas as far as being able to articulate certain certain things all cultures tend to all languages uh tend to tend to be like that right they follow Um, the culture that they come from absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely and language like inside of a a, a language, a, a language houses ways of thinking, and if you don't know the language, then um, you you may find it very difficult to communicate a way of thinking that is captured in that particular language. So, for African, for 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 the the line in which that we come from historically of Af- uh, of our uh, West African culture and African spirituality, the ways in which that we would communicate. Uh, are are stripped from us, and so we're we're here, but, but we're still African though. Mm, you see mm, what I'm saying? So we mm. still we 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 still carry we still we still we still carry that uh, that experience of being African encoded in our DNA. 
Right. But we don't necessarily have the tools, the tools in which to communicate those certain things that we feel are taken away from us and are replaced with these tools from uh, from Europe. This you is know? amazing. And, oh, go, yeah. ahead, go ahead. And, and well, one of those tools being language. Yeah, what you just said. I know I'm sure that scholars have studied this, but I just never gave it much thought. And it's interesting how you're saying that or what I'm getting from what you're saying is that, you know, the Bible, it's translated into a, a recent, relatively recent along the span of human history language called English, mm. which is an amalgamation of the, the language of the Angles and the Saxons and the Normans. So it itself is, you know, what, just like any other language, it yeah, comes together. It would be designed to communicate things from that, from that culture. From Northwest Europe, yeah. which mm. is another region of the world right mm -hmm. then it's brought over here and then you enslave people and bring mm -hmm. them over and then they're you know it, those who accept uh or who felt compelled to accept christianity are communicating this this faith or this foreign iteration of the faith and um what they're doing is they're accepting this foreign iteration of of the faith but they even though it's it's been the, uh, the society has been trying to strip them of their Africanness. Yes, the drumbeat was elite. It became illegal. You were stripped of your names, languages, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, mm -hmm. everything. Ha uh, yeah, but there's yeah. certain things. My dad's or my parents' church. The women had to wear cloths just to not distract the the white men. Yeah, uh, yeah just mm -hmm. you know, there are all kinds of stuff. But it's interesting. Uh, my parents' church, Abyssinian, when I was growing up, used to call this the African Holy Ghost, where there's even though so many things were stripped, there's certain things almost in the DNA, and now we know that DNA has memory. But so many th there are certain things that still crept along, mm -hmm. and so some of those things include our expression of language. Even though we're speaking a foreign language, mm -hmm. the way we do it comes from those griots in Mali, mm -hmm. and come from you know other traditions along the West African coast. And one of the things about West African, uh, uh, the things that those societies have in common in terms of expression is the narrative sense, the, the narrative way that we express it. And, um, and, and that it's emotional. cyclical and not linear and the emotion, you mm -hmm. know, behind it. And we've actually married the two. That's, that's, you know, so you, so we still haven't completely stripped away, but it's interesting. We come here, you know, we're converted and we express um, an iteration of Christianity that we received according to our cultural background, and that's considered inferior. Hmm. That's considered inferior to the way that uh, people in conservative Christian circles uh, express, you know, these biblical truths. It, it, people might not say it out loud, and then sometimes they do, but mm -hmm. if it isn't where someone is standing there and saying, Theologically, this means X, Y, Z. Let's talk about the hypostatic union. Let's talk about, you know, the doctrines of grace and X, Y, Z. Yep. If you're not if it's on not that, said the like attributes that, of God. Yeah, the attributes of God. And, ex and again, expressed with an, with information. Mm -hmm. and, and this is just a homiletic style. Then the other one, the homiletic style that I just mentioned earlier, is considered inferior. So let's let's throw out a hand grenade here. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and throw out a hand grenade and you know this you know it, it is what it is. I I've gotten away from pissing people off so let's I need to get back to that. Um oh, let me put on my bodysuit. Yeah you know I was looking for a particular video that I that I watched. Um there's a scholar out of London I forget the guy's name um but he was talking about um the 
not just African Americans, because obviously he was in England, and there are African people who were, you know, taken to England in the transatlantic slave trade as well, who suffered from some of these same, you know. So this is more of an issue in the diaspora altogether. And he said, um, what you have when you have, you know, for African peoples who were taken from Africa and brought to Western countries is you have people who have very high self-esteem. I'm using props like people can see what I'm doing. But they have very high self-esteem, but very low group esteem. And so... Are you talking about those taken and brought or those yeah, who are here? No, those are taken and brought. Okay. And so when you have a group of people who have high self-esteem, mm. but low group esteem, that lends itself to fighting. Mm. And like he, like he, was, he did a study to show that's why not just African-Americans, but the diaspora, across the diaspora, that that is where that crabs in a barrel mentality comes yeah, Afro-European, from. Afro-European, Afro-Caribbean. Yeah, mm-hmm. Afro, yeah, Afro-European, Afro-Caribbean, anything. Um, because we have high self-esteem. Mm-hmm. I think I'm the ish, mm-hmm. right? I'm better than but, you. But I have very low group esteem. Yeah. So I have no problem pulling you down mm-hmm. or pulling you down. Mm-hmm. And he said, what we have to get is high self-esteem and high group but esteem. But did he say where that came from, that low group? Because is it because of the whole divide and conquer thing? Is that- he didn't really get into it in his video. I wanted to get into his study because he did a okay. study, but he was just kind of giving a synopsis of it. Um, it was like a two-minute video. And I was like, wow. And it was uh, like the African history something in England. I was I saw, I thought I saved it to go back to it to um, start reading some of his material, but I can't find it. So, But it was just very interesting because one of the things that got me thinking about this topic um, was a you know particular rapper right who changed changed methodology, and so he he was being uh, assaulted on all sides <laughs> right, but he got interviewed on a podcast recently, and one of the first questions that were asked of him is, oh, so you've divorced yourself of white evangelicalism. So what that got me to thinking about was not the question that was asked right. And this is why I'm gonna throw out a hand grenade here. What it got me thinking about was all the people who were actually attacking him and what disposition they come from. And I said, hmm, that gives, honestly, to me, it gave more credence to what he was doing. Because before, it was kind of like, you know, I don't agree with it, but, you know, he can do his thing. I got no problem with him doing his thing. Do your thing. But I listened to that interview, and I listened to another interview from another rapper, a local cat, and he was saying some of the same things that I was thinking like he was like, yo, they they just doing that to sell records. He's like, I know these guys. He's like, this ain't this ain't what y'all think it is. And I was like, hmm. Meaning they're they're just rapping uh, to the white evangelical exactly. cultural expression of Christianity to sell records because there's such a big block of millions of people exactly. who buy music. Who buy who still buy music? That's the thing that people don't realize. You know where you go into mainstream. You know the the mainstream uh, genre. People ain't buying music. They well, they pirating music or they streaming it, yeah, right? Well, and specifically, you have Christian bookstores. Yeah, mm-hmm, that so, are out that did that. That still so churches, sell white yeah. churches and 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 black, and black churches, churches, mega yeah. churches. They have it's a distribution network mm-hmm. of Christian bookstores that are um, in these churches, and you have these congregations, and then also you have other stores like Walmart, uh, and they have the Christian section. And so, all right. Emphasis on the the term network. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and and they still sell albums. Like, they still go and so those people still buy 
albums as opposed to streaming a couple songs. So when he said it and then I heard somebody else say it, it got me thinking, this is exactly what that gentleman was talking about with the high self-esteem and low group esteem. Because when you now now that it's been several years and you can kind of look back on the a much larger picture, you can say, yeah, that's exactly what happened. This wasn't a leaving of the faith. This was a divorcing oneself of a particular cultural ideology. And now that you have divorced yourself from a particular cultural ideology, the people who literally are attacking you are the ones who look like you. Yes. The people that were attacking this man were the people that looked like him. The people that didn't look like him had very little to say. Well, the white people attacking the guy. He's black. Not as vocally as the people but, that looked like but him. But what you're saying right now, AJ, um, lends itself to the reality that white evangelicalism might be called white evangelicalism, but it doesn't just consist of white folks. Yeah. There are people from both for from a variety of uh, ethnicities that have as, who who ascribe whether it's um, uh, whether it's obvious whether it's covert or overt um, to that that uh, white evangelicalism. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, because it it's a cultural ideology. It may have started in one particular place, you know, from European culture, but no, it. I'm not naive. I, I realize it has completely spread across. You know, different ethnic And in lines. fact, there are black people within, and I know personally, that are within white evangelicalism who, or, or you know, in, in reform circles, conservative Christianity, a variety of categories fall into that, who actually would never attend what they would call a black church. Mm. They, it seems like they have more hatred for the other side. Uh, right. In other words, the black church tradition, which includes liberation theology, includes social justice, and a lot of that. They have a lot more hatred uh, for that, to, to the point where they'll say, I won't even go to a black church, a quote-unquote wow. black church. Um, there are some people who who uh, have changed, who have determined who they're going to marry. I mean, it's it's deep. Um, based on what is, what is being considered or brought out to be ideal in terms of the type of woman or man, the skin color, things like that. There are some things that have flown underneath people's, the radar of people's consciousness uh, where they change who they are just to stay within the category of white evangelicalism. So, you know, there's all kinds of Stockholm Syndrome going on there. And so I know there are going to be some people that's like, yo, why are you attacking white evangelicalism? I'm not. I actually am not. Um, this is merely to point out the the very subtle ways in which cultural ideology, which is worldly, I want to make sure that we clear that up, um, sl can slip in, right, and replace authentic Christian orthodoxy. And that, is, and that refers to liberation theology as well. That oh, yeah. refers to social justice theology as well. Um, as well. So on, on both sides, there are cultural ideologies that can slip in and, and, and make it seem like they are synonymous with Christianity. And this is why, you know, this, is, this goes in line directly with what we were talking about last week. I choose neither. You know, when, when people start picking sides, right, we, you know, believers have to take the mentality of neither first. And let me look and examine everything. You know, I don't just jump in and take a side. I examine the entire situation and then I'm like, okay, they have a particular 
ideology. There are some good and some bad that I can see. They also have another ideology, this group that I can see the good and the bad. God doesn't throw out the baby in the bathwater, but there is no wholesale, right? This group is correct or that group is incorrect and so on and so forth. Um, we have to be able to come above the fray. And so even as it pertains to this cultural ideology of white evangelicalism, because I'll be the first to tell you, you know, there's a lot of stuff about, you know, and I have my kids in an, in an Afrocentric um, homeschool co-op, but there's a lot of stuff in there that's questionable to me that I'm like, yo, that's got to go. That's got to go. Which is why you also yeah, have them. Which is why I attend, you know what I'm saying? First of all, um, so this is not to say that white evangelicalism is the devil. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that, that I can divorce myself of it and still consider myself a believer, right? Yeah. Can still consider someone who walks in their sonship with God. And that is why that mentality of anything that comes from European culture is inherently superior is very problematic, including the ideology of white evangelicalism which is why we need to look at everything through the lens of scripture and since we're so social as human beings and we want to see where we fit and what group we belong to a lot of times we're afraid to just step back and say just like i look at everything in society through the lens of scripture let's look at these cultural expressions of quote-unquote christianity through that same lens if i look at liberation theology and i read some of james cone uh, james cone's books and you know, he's on point in certain ways and completely off, you know, making liberation theology central instead of Christ central, for example, then you should, again, know how to chew the meat and spit, spit out the bones with him just as much as you might look at something that Paul Washer might say, you know, Paul Washer can do no wrong, according to me a couple of years ago. And even now I haven't found anything wrong because I haven't looked deeply enough because that's not what I'm trying to do. However, if, if there's something that he's written, you should be still look through the lens of scripture, I mean, it's, regardless of which side it is. It's, it's not just what people say. It's, I mean, it's not just what people do. It's what they don't do. Good point. And that, I think that's a, <clears throat> that's a big thing that a lot of people miss, is that these dudes ain't out here. You, know, you talk about like these white evangelicals. They, they, you know, they, 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 they are not necessarily... Uh, uh, out here on a uh, Rush Limbaugh, so to speak, or um, are doing things to directly uh, attack you per se. You know, you don't necessarily see them lynching folks, uh, but the but the but the problem is is that they don't do anything. And I'll say it like they they do not do anything to reverse the curse, so to speak, and uh, they benefit. This you know, this is a gigantic swath of. Uh, a white society, a white America, that's the, the flyover states, right? Uh, 63% of the United States population is, is, is white folks. And so they're part of that group. And all, what we see is when they come here is, is pretty much gentrification. You know, you plant one of these hipster churches and, you know, next thing you know, it's like H Street, Northeast DC. And Wouldn't that be funny? It, if you in other words, like the, the rent, <laughs> the rent, the, the the rent rises. You know, it's all connected. It's all connected. What's the connection? What's I thought this was all economic, Avery. What's the connection? Well, the connection is is that it's a it's 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 a group of people that are dominating and trying to maintain domination 
uh, of the world um, with or without a regard to the ethnic other. That's what's happening. And religion, religion is a piece of it that makes people, that helps to absolve people of guilt, of being able to keep your, your foot on somebody else's throat, you know? And I mean, it's, 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 we live in the United States. We, this, this, this idea of, um, of the flag is being disrespectful to, uh, to, to veterans, right? And it's like, I mean, last time I checked, I've seen a whole bunch of homeless veterans. And I don't see it, like, y'all care about the veterans in your family. Like, that's it. You don't care about veterans in general, right? Like, this idea of, I mean, this idea of being offended, this idea of being offended that um, somebody took a knee, which is prohibited, by the way. I mean, not prohibited. It's allowed, by the way, to. Not the First Amendment? Well, I'm just Freedom saying of in practice, in practice. Okay. In practice of handling the flag, kneeling is a part of the protocol, mm. right? So, but people don't know that. And even if they knew, they don't care. They don't want to know because it's an opportunity for people to feel offended and to and to get this angst out that, well, I don't like your black behind anyway. Where does that angst come from? There, you, it indicate what you're saying right now indicates that there was angst there in the first place on the part of the majority who should be floating on clouds saying, I'm good. Where would this angst come from? The, well, the angst comes from a guilt of knowing. The angst comes from a guilt of knowing that um, you didn't, you, you, like, like your past and your history is, 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 uh, fabricated. We, because everybody, you huh? Cause you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here and you wouldn't be in this position mm. of relative safely, safety mm. in this planet. If you did not have, um, a foundation that was built on literal bodies on yeah. top of each other for yeah. a few I centuries. Mean, yeah. United States is a graveyard for native Americans. Right. So, so when, so when, when, when people, who are believers would then say, why, why, would, why would someone who's a believer want so vehemently to divorce themselves from this cultural ideology, right? We have to make sure that we're looking at the totality of it. You're saying why? Why would they want to divorce themselves from this evangelicalism? No, no, why? White? No, someone asking. Like, mm -hmm. let's say you did that, right? Yeah. So then someone else asking, well, why would you want to do that? Why? Oh, like another yeah. black person? Yeah. Black or white, I mean, anybody. Just uh -huh. another, somebody else who's a believer uh -huh. would just say, yeah, we understand it's a cultural yeah. ideology, yeah. but why would you so vehemently want to divorce yourself from, quote unquote, white evangelicalism? And I think we got to look at that trail of bodies that y'all just talked about that's, you know, in the wake of, <laughs> in the wake of that joint, we have to look at the totality. Yeah, well, I, I, I could, I'd like you, you can follow up after. Well, the reason why, the reason why one would, one would, one of the reasons why one would opt to divorce themselves from uh, that uh, association is so that they don't necessarily continue to allow that association to benefit from their involvement. That's one thing, right? So if you know that, uh, like, your situation is messed up, like, your situation is messed up, like, where you are from, like, 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 black people, we know that we are considered ugly in this society. We get shot, we get jailed, we don't get, we, we don't get, um, we die, or we die uh, earlier 
than our white counterparts. Our body is left on the street uh, for five for four hours yeah, uncovered. Yeah. You wouldn't like, do that to a cat or a dog. Well, yeah, like if we know that we uh suffer from all these things and you know you know that there are things to that can be done to resolve it, but those things they're not surface level types of fixes, but those things are fixes that require going deep down on a constitution level, on a on a on a on a uh, redistribution level of resources, of an acknowledgement, of an apology, of a my bad, of a yo we really messed this thing up, and here's what we're going to do to fix it for for um, for everybody. Right. Um, To include African-Americans, if you know that 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 is if you become aware enough, that's what what, that, that if you become aware enough, if you become when you become aware enough that that is what is necessary in order to take place. And maybe sometimes you don't even get that far, but you get close to it and you know something ain't right. Then you just you, you get you, you, you look for answers and you ask, you, you study, and, and, and if you feel like, you know, uh, the answers that this particular group of people are providing are, are unsatisfactory, at, at best, that's what you get. And at worst, you see that they're actively working against your interests, then you would choose to disassociate um, from that, that piece, that piece being uh, that the uh, white evangelical organization. That's good. No, I, I I wanted to you know definitely capture that because mm. when you look at we can't look at it on the surface like it's just 2017 and you're creating a schism in the church, which is you what know, we do, which is all what we the do. Time. Yeah, you, you mm. have to look. There's you a timeline that, that led yeah, up you to, to 2017. Yeah, exactly. And if we zoom that lens out a little bit. You know, let's pull out from 2017 and zoom out that. Oh, y'all that lens. always talking about the past. What's, why are y'all always exactly. talking about Slavery the past? Slavery was like a thousand years ago. Unity. Right? Unity. You Christians, Jesus, unity. But when unity. If, if we zoom that thing out and we and we say, hey, there, you know, there's a line that I just love to quote since I've heard it. You know, Rasul Barry is a good brother. He was in the DC area about three months ago, did a symposium. And one of the things he said was, Whenever the the church decides to just jump in bed with all of these different organizations, countries, governments, whatever, we by default, right, we inherently co-sign all of their practices, right? We just say, oh yeah, yeah, it's it's all good, and then we end up co-signing that. And he used it as you know the example that he used was um, the Edict of Milan, right? So in three hundred three A.D., right, uh, three thirteen, three hundred three three. 313 or 303, whatever. It's in the, the third century, AD. Fourth, but go ahead. Excuse me. Sorry, historian. Fourth it happened century. in the past. Yes. Okay. In the 300s, but the fourth century. <laughs> <laughs> right. But when Constantine says, yo, Christian church, come and join us. And the church, you know, church fathers, all them people that we love to quote, they co signed, right? They decided to get because in bed with the. They got an empire. And they got in bed with the Roman Empire. But what, what they didn't realize is. We now, and I say we because I'm part of the church, right? I'm, I'm part of the body of Christ. They co-sign everything the Roman Empire does from that point on. So the extermination of other nations, other the obliteration of other cultures in the name of Pax Romana, right? We co-sign that. We, as the Christian believer in body, we co-sign all that. So now you have to zoom all that out. There were 
the Roman Catholic Church, the 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 um, God, I'm, Crusades, I'm, the Crusade. I mean, you could just list. I mean, thing after thing after thing. I'm thinking about how there were Puritans on slave ships who served as chaplains, right? Like that stuff happened, and we as believers, we just co-signed all that. Like the the chaplains for the mates. Yeah, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Like mm-hmm. Lord bless our, tra- Lord give us yeah. traveling mercies as we go and snatch these people from the, like that stuff that we did. It's people, real gutter right there, and, boy. Yeah, and That's so some grimy that, stuff. That is all. Now I'm not saying this to make people feel bad. What the, the reason that we're bringing all this up is because that is what props up in 2017 white evangelicalism. Like that is the totality, and that. Even if it was wealth, let's just say the there was wealth gained from that because there was, but let's just be hypothetical right now. None of that wealth was shared with people that you're calling brothers, right? And that's the problem. Where none of that, you know, Paul even tells the Corinthian church because that Corinth was a wealthy uh, merchant city. He tells the Corinthian church, share your wealth with the brothers, like share what you have with the brothers. He didn't get into how they gained it because some of it might have been gained, ill-gotten. That's fine. He, Paul didn't get into that. What Paul did was say, hey, look, there's some other churches that are struggling. Will you guys share, send what you have to them? None of that was done. So when you have AME or AME Zion or any of these more African-American traditions or whatever, any other people group, the 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 wealth and the the influence and the experience and the intelligence and the information, none of that is shared. It's all kept in-house. And it's only piecemealed out. You get breadcrumbs only if you decide to come and join us. And then when I get in, when I get into what you're doing, and then I see the trail of tears, then I see the bodies, and I'm like, yo, well, wait a minute. Hold time out. Wait a minute. And you see the puritanical, or I should say the Puritan uh, fathers of the of the um, American iteration of the faith, and then find out, oh, there, there there are lists of enslaved people owned by that person. Yeah, and no no recompense is made because really, you know, I love when people try to talk about the term reconciliation. It's funny it's a to big me. Word. That was a big word and about, has about a, what, 10 years ago? And it has a Church bad is named prefix. after that word. It's a big, it's, it's, it's a big word now because people want to be racially conscious. Yeah, multicultural. And it goes we, hand in hand. If we want to really talk about reconciliation, reconciliation is, a, is an accounting term. Let's go. Right? It's actually, the, the word is actually conciliation. Boom. Mm-hmm. And in, in order for someone to be reconciled, they have to be made whole. Stop, AJ. You, you're going you, 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 to melt the mic right now. You're going to melt the mic, bro. You, you got to, so to mess up the, the podcast if, with this truth. If if my white brothers, you know, who want reconciliation, that means that the the quote-unquote white church, and, I, and believe me, I hate using terms like that. I, I do, because it identifies earthly first. But just for the sake of this discussion, I'm just saying it like that, is there must be a making whole of your brothers. If, if these people are your brothers, you cannot tell them to completely ignore their experience, right, and just line up with what you're doing. That's why statements like and there was a there was a a, a female pastor or a pastor's wife down in South Carolina Woo. who who made statements like this this is why statements like this are problematic just focus on the gospel that's mm. problematic 
Mm. And this is what she was saying. She was talking about um, the NFL players kneeling and all of that. And I don't want to equate that to what the body of Christ is called to do because NFL players are not the body of Christ. So they're not called to do what I'm called to do. Mm. But the fact that she interjected herself into that discussion sort of muddies the waters. And so she's like, oh, they should just, you know, let God handle it and can stop you, me. Can you read it? Is Let it, me read her it, exact quote because let the, you know let we, the people get that first party. We all about information. We we we're all, we're all about authenticity here. So, as my internet moves slow now, <laughs> doo, 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 doo. all right, that's why you need to get something with a lot of RAM, I guess. Um, so here on on her Facebook page, she says, "This will not fix racism. Duh, only Jesus. If you want to kneel, then you better be praying to the one and the only one who can heal our land." Black athletes should stop thinking about it from your history or race and admit that our country is not to blame. Um, and yeah, so <laughs> they, there you have some of her comments. We on, need on, a whole podcast to address the many fallacies in that statement. Yeah, that's and now why am I saying that? This is, has nothing to do with the NFL players. This is a, a female, you know, woman, pastor's wife. She's a believer. But the what is she a believer the, in? <laughs> the 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 ignorance of of the statement just goes to show why a person of color would want to divorce themselves of that ideology. So when people, you know, particularly believers, want to, you know, get personally offended when individuals want to divorce themselves of that cultural ideology, we have to look at the bodies. We have to look at the trail of tears. I don't mean the literal trail of tears. I'm just talking literal about and trail. figurative. Well, okay, literally and figuratively, the the you do not everything mean, you you do not mean the the real one. You just purely mean. I'm just saying, yes, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, not I'm, the real trail of tears. <laughs> We're just talking. About, don't worry about that. We want because that's another. That's issue. a whole other discussion. <laughs> no, <laughs> right? You mean both? Well, yes, yeah. yes. You, you, to mean the other means all you mean of the, the first. all of the pain that's in the wake. Right, everything that's in the wake of where the the quote-unquote white evangelical church is in 2017. So with that in mind, then when someone says, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm good on that ideology. We should not want to attack them. But because they're looked at as synonymous, right? Yes, to Christianity. To yes. Christianity, mm -hmm. we want to attack them like they're leaving the faith. And they're saying, people are just saying, no, I'm leaving that because that is not Christianity. That is a cultural ideology of the last 150 years, right? That's not what Jesus himself was thinking about when he said, upon this rock, I will build my ecclesia. This is not what he was talking about. He wasn't talking about this land grab, cash grab, political group that's looking for a place at the table. So when I think you may have you may have asked, or if not you, someone's probably thinking, well, what is she talking about when she says, she says the portion like, is the country's not to blame, right? Yeah, she just said, what? yeah, that was part of the quote. No, like she literally said that. That yeah. was in her <laughs> Right, quote. that's what she, okay. She said, the country's not to blame. So a question in mind will then ask, well, then who is? And so this would be, now I didn't ask her directly this, but this is what people believe. Now, I'm not pulling up any research, but I'm just telling you this tends to be like the perspective, right? Uh, and and tweet at us if I, if you feel like I'm off here. But the perspective is, it's not the country's fault. The problem is, it's not white people's fault. Uh, it's not black people's fault. The problem is good versus evil. 
It's sin. That it's let's, sin. Let's wow. address it, this it, as a sin issue. It, it's a sin and issue. Stop talking about race. It, it's the devil. It's 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 some some bad guys came in, but we're the good guys. Yeah. And you know, my I I never I never did anything. I'm not racist, right? Because it tends to be viewed individualized. Like even though racism is a system. My 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 and. If you, you, know, you, you and Johnny Gill on me right there. You talk, huh? My, my, <laughs> yeah. my. Uh-uh. <laughs> right. My, my great-grandfather came here on the ship through Ellis Island or... For, for three or, cents in his or, pocket. Or, or, yeah, or from the potato famine or from, a, I don't know, Narnia, you know, like... <laughs> He came with Aslan and all in from Narnia. Okay. Yeah, you know, okay. or some portal from <laughs> Jurassic, you know, like Jurassic Park. I, mm. I mean, just the the very few people, very few people acknowledge that they had they 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 came from an environment that wasn't the bottom. Everybody came from the bottom, but and now we here. And now we right. And now we here. And it's like okay, you you you. Like, and like, what's wrong with you people, and you, why don't you pull yourself up by your own bootstraps I mean, like my great-grandfather it, did? I mean, it, because I walk around thinking about, um, you know, oh, you know, we're going to spread the gospel so people can be more like Christ, and oh, you know, like I have, I have this, but I don't have to deal with, like everywhere I go, I get the doors opened up for me, or... uh I got clean water to drink, or uh, we got manicured lawns, or uh, we don't have to worry about like gunshots. We don't have to worry about like dogs in the street or uh, sanitation problems or any of any of those things. We don't have to worry about that stuff. Then you know we're free to go around and just like share the gospel, so to speak. But when you have to live with that stuff on a regular basis, all those things on a regular basis, and you try, you try to let, like, you try to let this other side know, look, like, this is what's going on, this is what we're dealing with, like, they, that's not, they don't, they, they, it turns, because they, they can't relate, and they're trying not to relate, because to do that, that makes them, they realize, they realize that, damn, I really did, you know, I'm really am benefiting from a better situation. It's just kind of like, well, you know, you just make up excuses, basically. And you look to say, well, this people did this and that people did that. My granddaddy did this and that and the third. Why can't you do this? Or let's just all get along. Like, why does everything have to be about race? And 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 and, and the problem, the problem, the the, the 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 one of the biggest problems is is that people don't have we 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 have this idea that it's a very ethnocentric or egocentric mindset or where we think that because we are living, because we're alive, we're in the greatest time and the best time and everything's only going to get better. And it's like, yeah, for you, but not for a majority of the world right. of which we are, <laughs> I'm a member <laughs> of, like, nah, it's actually getting, getting worse, right? Like, there's this idea that things are getting better, and then if something can be fixed, then it can be fixed within like my lifetime. And we don't think we don't 
mm-hmm. we don't necessarily have this idea that you know what we are we are st- we are all participants in a, a broken system. Like Martin Luther King talked about how he talked about how we're on a path that bends toward, toward justice. justice. Yeah, right. Bends t- bends toward it, and we all have a choice as to whether or not to participate in that. And, you know, folks ain't really trying to participate in it. You know, you go through a whole life of being told that, you know, like, if you just work hard enough, you can get anything you want, you know? Um, Or that, well, I'll get to retire when I'm 60. Or, like, all these assumptions that these things are going to be there for you, you can assume that. You can make those assumptions because there's a group of people who are failing, which allows Oh, yeah, that's the way capitalism to, works. Yeah, yeah. It, well, well it, al- it allows you to be able to have that cushion, to have that promise. Mm-hmm. Do you, you follow what it's I'm built saying? On, it's built so, on that, un- quote-unquote, underclass. So, yes, yeah, so when I so when we start when we start stepping up and we start talking about, like, look, let's reconcile, let's get this thing made whole. Whoa, 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 whoa. If a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> because you start talking that jazz. Then in my eyes, that means I won't have anything to 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 be. I can't retire. I don't have anything to pass to my children. I the 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 my my daughter's not going to be able to marry some you know nice good Christian boy. You know what that means, white boy. Like you stay over there. Like they they want to continue to 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 live in this. Well, I guess Narnia. <laughs> well, now why <laughs> why would for, for, for people who are listening, who might be like, yo, why are they so frustrated? Why are they so, why are they so, it's like we, as a believer, as a believer, I don't expect white culture to do that. What I expect is my brothers to do that, right? For for the people like that Avery just described, I don't expect them to give me nothing because you're right. To give me something means that they're going to lose out. So I don't expect them to give me nothing. As a matter of fact, I expect them to try to take more of what I got already. So the little bit that I do have, they're going to try to get their hands in. But for for those of you who are listening, right, we as a as believers, if we like we can no longer get by saying things that we don't practice. And I find it funny, you know, we I I mentioned this a couple episodes ago. This whole notion of sola scriptura. I'm gonna end here. Uh oh. Right. Uh oh. Because I know I, I I'm, I'm throwing on hand grenades. There. I I'm, love Sola Scriptura. I've been on vacation for a few weeks, so <laughs> I got some things lined up. How can you be against Sola Scriptura? I'm not against. It's I'm not against Sola. I'm, I'm not against Sola Scriptura. But what I'm what I'm against is the notion that people are actually doing that. Mm-hmm. That they're actually walking according to the scriptures yeah. only. Because in actuality, if you if if sola scriptura was sola scriptura, you wouldn't be doing half the stuff that you're doing. What is sola scriptura? Scriptures alone, you know, faith alone, Christ so alone. It's Latin scripture, yeah. for scriptures alone. Yeah. Okay. It, now, the, as that? opposed to tradition, and this is a reformed expression okay. from the reformed camp. Got but it. it's as a, part of what uh, during the Reformation, just extremely briefly, yeah. um, part of the departure from <laughs> from uh, Roman Catholicism. Right. Part of 
the reason the, the initial reason was because of indulgences were being sold, right. et cetera, just a lot of corruption. By the leadership, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but more than that, when the departure happened with uh, with um, uh, Protestantism. So you re- talking about Martin Luther? Yeah, Martin Luther, mm-hmm. Calvin, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so the idea was instead of tradition uh, determining what the church should and should not do, which is what the Roman Catholic Church was built on, uh, we want to take this Bible, which doesn't change, it is is objective, and say we're going to build our faith from what it says. So that's the, the idea. Oh, yeah, no, no. Allegedly. And, and in theory, I agree. See what I'm saying? And that's the problem. So if, if I say, that, that's why I just chuckle sometimes when I hear people you know, get on their soapbox and beat their chest about that because in actuality, white evangelicalism has no problem denouncing abortion, right? Or same-sex marriage or anything else. Human trafficking, right? Sexism. They get on their soapbox about all that stuff. It's wrong. It's wrong. If I bring up race, all of a sudden, there's this, well, you know, we got to let the Lord sort it out because it's, it's a sin issue. That's what it really is. Why is an abortion a sin issue? You have no problem specifying that that is a particular thing that you're standing against. Or you have no problem specifying that sexism is a thing that you're standing against. Like, you have no problem specifying these things. So I chuckle about the whole Sola Scriptura thing because the issue is that my brother's need to learn to see me in the image of God, which is scripture. So when we, we beat our, ch- and I'm just using that as a one example, because this is not everybody. I know it's not everybody, but if there wasn't anybody, we wouldn't be in this situation that we're in. So it is somebody, right? And those are the people that I would say to you, you don't follow the scriptures totally, because if you did, you'd see me made in the image of the true and living God, and your interactions with me would be different. Your interactions with other believers who look like me would be different. The way you in- engage believers who don't look like you would change. If you fully were, oh, scriptures alone, blah, 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 blah. Now, this is not a denouncement of any particular persuasion. I'm not denouncing Calvinists or Reformed people or AME or any of the ones that we mentioned. We're merely stating the obvious that that the, the way in which believers who are not from the same cultural background and from the same cultural ideology it must change it has to it it, it cannot you know just go on status quo we have to we have to mature in the way we interact and engage with each other in order for there not to be these underlying issues that are still here in 2017 so in that regard, you said your interactions would be different, right? Like what, what, what is it? What is it that that they can do, right, in order to um, continue that process of actual reconciliation? Well, it starts with what I said. I think that we can't do anything until our heart changes. If I try to do something without a heart change, once I'm done doing the thing, I'm just going to go back to what I was doing before. And so that's why I'm starting with the heart. The heart has to change first. I have to see my brothers and sisters as people made in the image of God just like I am. And I have to believe that. Before I try to start doing things and having programs, you know what Christians do. We have our little programs and we do stuff and then we just go back to what we're doing before. Like, I don't see the need for, you know, the, the, the new buzzwords. I don't see the need for multi-ethnic churches and, and diverse. That is, that's nonsense. 
because people are going to worship together with people they live around. So there's, but the problem is, is if I don't see you in the image of God, I have to be in church with you. You see what I'm saying? We can be in an all black church and all white church. That's fine. That's actually fine. But the problem is we're in those spaces, but we don't see our brothers who might not be in this all white church as equally made in the image of God. And so I look down my nose at them and vice versa. So we have to come up with little programs and come up with little ways. And so we say, well, let's make a multi-ethnic church. Let's, yes, you can have people of other ethnicities, but in a neighborhood that's predominantly black, there's going to be predominantly black people in the church. In a neighborhood that's predominantly white, there's going to be predominantly white people in the church. That's the people that live there. But will I see the people that don't live around here who claim the same faith? right, who worship the same God that I do, will I see them as my brother? Mm. Will I see them as ones made equally in the image of God? Yeah. And then when my heart is changed, then I interact and engage with them differently. So this is, this is a call to my brothers. This is not a call to white people in general. I understand that they don't have, it's not in their benefit to give me or help me or do anything that will benefit me. To level the me, playing field. To level the playing field. This is to the brothers right who find themselves questioning people of color who disassociate themselves with white evangelicalism and then say hey why are you doing that this is that call to that people because they may not understand why and so what we wanted to do today was just to, at least to say hey this is why you're starting to see people of color disassociate themselves with that cultural ideology because there is just a massive, you know, destruction in the in the wake of what you come to know as that cultural ideology in 2017. So it has to start first with a heart change. Our heart has to change first, or anything we do will be fruitless. We have to change the way in which we believe and walk and see others who are in the same faith that that we claim. Well, I. I think I definitely that's that's interesting. Thank you for providing that. Um, what can someone do? And it starts with a heart change before um, the other things. I would say for something uh, even so for something practical, what what uh, what white brothers and sisters, uh, as you uh, referenced, uh, can do, and even black brothers and sisters can do, in my eyes, to help to foster this kind of reconciliation or to move move it forward the arc toward justice is to support reparations and race con race conscious policy and that's really you know that's that's where the rubber meets ah, the road that's reverse right? discrimination ah. well i mean that's you, reverse racism that's reverse racism <laughs> if you if if you look at a snapshot of one today sin, one sin doesn't uh, justify the next if you if you if you look at the snapshot of that, well, I guess the hard work hasn't been, <laughs> been done yet. Like like that's that that is you know if 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 that that is that is actual practical implementation of reconciliation, uh, whether you fight, fight, fight politically for it, uh, if if you're unable to if it's unable to get through. Uh, which it would <laughs> if a majority of white evangelicals did that, it would get through. Uh, but if it did not, then um, work on work in the private sector 
somehow, some way outside the government. The same private sector that a lot of times had been built from the labor of 250 years of free labor. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, might I be so bold as to say, will you, will your property in your house? And I'm just throwing stuff out there. You do what you want. I know you're not going to do that. Ah, I was born in a trailer park. Why <laughs> I, are you guys? Why are these people not, complaining? Not, I was born in a trailer park. You weren't born in a trailer. I'm park. talking <laughs> about you, know, <laughs> you got your own house. You wasn't born you in know. a trailer. The, but that the, that mindset, but you know, comes that's up what so I'm often. Saying. You know, like you got you get to 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 um um you know adopting children from Africa and sending money out to Africa and doing these trips to Africa is not enough. That's not that doesn't cut it. You got you got you got Africa right here in the United States. <laughs> exactly. But you would rather go to Kenya. In the Baltimore uh Toto, what is it called? Right. In the uh, Baltimore um, you know, system for Orphan, yeah, the Baltimore yeah, or, foster or system, the, or the, or the, yeah, or the Dominican Republic. You want to go to all these, all these places when you got. Well, you know, you know kids from Kenya are exotic, man. Well, they're, yeah, they're exotic. I, I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely understand that. You, you just know? regular and, black. You and, ain't exotic. And and then and then even even <laughs> even adoption, like like, he, let me let me try to help you out. Help to help our families be able to reconcile as opposed to like that's a part of it but you still pull us out of our environments and we we have to still have this double consciousness and, and like live in this of the life where we are surrounded by uh, people who are not like us and I definitely commend you know commend you for 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 laying down your life and all those things right it's, it's, it's important but you know there, there's there's even more work to be done uh one, to, in order to help to reconcile um, the great disparity that exists within, within the united states and one piece of work that needs to be done please use a wide tooth comb that's what that little girl needs wide tooth <laughs> comb that's what we use that's all Anyway. That's coming from a black woman. That's a yeah, <laughs> wide tooth comb. We we need to see the little girl's hair, you know, in some manageable situation. Amen. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So I don't, you know, we just, you know, I don't know me. I know there are going to be a lot of people that probably won't agree. There are going to be a lot of people that do agree. But I think at the end of the day, you have to acknowledge, right? You have to acknowledge that there is, you know, a chasm that needs to be crossed, and we 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 have to begin to. You know, stand in the gap. If believers aren't going to do it, then there's no hope for nobody else to do it. If 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 believers aren't going to stand and be like, "Yo, we got to rectify this situation," you know, what what can I do? Let let me let me step to the plate. You know, I'm I have some really good relationships with some white brothers, and and I love those dudes, and I tell them all the time, I'm glad for my relationship with you because if I don't if I don't have guys like you in my life. I'm going to be like, yo, white folks are suspicious. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I don't have strong relationships with people who don't look like me, I'm going to be suspicious of everybody. And so I'm, I'm thankful all the time for, for those relationships. And so it is through those relationships that I can articulate these types of thoughts, right, and, and these types of, of ideas so that in, in the hope that they can take those things back to their spheres and it's like, yo, I got a brother, you know, AJ was saying X, Y, and Z. And so... We got to continue to to be willing to step into these spheres, it, and it it will require us. I think uh, Popovich said something interesting last week. It's the coach yes, of the Spurs. He, 
he was just like, we got to be willing to be uncomfortable. Now, he was saying particularly white people got to be uncomfortable. But honestly, it makes black people uncomfortable, too. Everybody has to be made to feel uncomfortable. And, and I think that it's that uncomfortableness that would provoke us to want to change, right? To yeah. to want to change. And, and if believers are not going to be the first, we have to stop sitting around and waiting for some government, like Avery was saying, some government program or we have to take some initiative, right? The Red Cross, the Salvation Army, those things were started by Christians first because they decided now it's become something else. And like most of society, it, it gets secularized, even like civil rights movement. They try to secularize civil rights movement. But these things were Christians deciding to stand up and say, yo, enough is enough. And so I think in 2017, that, that, you know, that, that call is the same. That call is the same to stand up and at a minimum say, you know what, Lord, like Isaiah in Isaiah 6, I'm an I'm a unclean man. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among people who have unclean lips. Clean my heart. Clean my heart, and that's the starting point. Help me change my heart. I don't like being around black people. I think they're all thieves and robbers. I think they're all lazy. Help me. Lord, I don't like being around white people. I think they're all suspicious. I think they're all racist. Like, we got to get there. We have to be willing to say those things, right? Help me. God, help me. That That's my thought. Those are what Those are things that I grew up in. That's what my family believes. I know they're not right, but help me because those things are in my heart. I Repentance. Think, that's what that sounds yeah, like. It sounds like we have to repent as a body. Um, and I think before we can do anything, we we got to start there. So anyway, that's we 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 save the world again. We save one the more world. time. We save the world one more time. So we thank y'all for rocking with us. Um, you know, and we're gonna have these conversations. So like I said, we're we're gonna be shifting. You know, back and forth. You know, maybe do some current events, but I think we're gonna get into more of these weighty weighty topics to just talk some things out. So please hit us up. We'd love to hear your responses to last Definitely. week's topic and this week's topic. Tweet us, hit us up on Facebook, shoot us an email, and uh, you know, we'll keep the, as they say in the media, keep the conversation going. Um, so, uh, as I always say, until they put me in the ground, I'm going to keep God in the mix, and we thank y'all for rocking with us. For Eve and Avery, this is AJ saying peace. Peace. Later. Kingdom with these isms. We live life with our own prejudices. God saying they is, we say that they isn't. How you living? How you living? These isms. Why don't we let his word penetrate us? It's absurd. So many things can't separate us. Break us down, man, our body in pieces. Different sounds all wrap the same Jesus. Believers, don't let the difference.